The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, it's week two of the college football season, and guess what? This episode of Punt and Pass is presented by prize picks. Hey, are you tired of the grind trying to win on salary cap DFS, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at prize picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy points projections to win. That's right. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap with prize picks. It's just you versus the projections. They are also the first ever DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries. So you can go under on Todd Gurley while taking the over on Ronald Acuna Jr. Prize picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Now here are the offers, and what we're giving to you is something that you need to jump on ASAP. Go to www.myprizepicks.com slash info or just download the app prize picks on apple or google and type in the promo code pnp that's the letter p the letter n and the letter p new members who sign up and use that promo code when they make their first deposit they'll get a free two pick entry to win 25 dollars and 25 percent of that first deposit instant match so if you deposit a thousand dollars you get 250 bucks in promo money it'll max out if you Deposit $4,000. They will match $1,000 in promo money. That's myprizepicks.com. Promo code PNP. Get on it now. It's awesome. They're going to be with us through the rest of September. And, man, we're going to keep talking about it because it is seriously an awesome app. Go follow them on social media and also follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram at AaronMurray11. And I am at DrewButler13. That was a mouthful, but it's legit, Aaron. I love it already. I've been using it. I am thrilled to be partnering with Prize Picks and talking about giving stuff away. We're giving a new giveaway away also, Aaron. I think you said we're going to sign a football for one lucky person, so go follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass, and Christina, intern Christina, shout out Christina. She'll set it up. So, again, that's myprizepicks.com, promo code PNP. Let's dive into week two, Aaron. Some storylines coming out of college football last weekend. One thing that we didn't really talk about enough on Sunday's roundup 
was what Willie Taggart said when he blamed the Florida State loss. This was the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard. Florida State blew a 31-13 lead against Boise State at home, and Taggart said he blamed the hydration levels. When they were playing a home game, it makes absolutely zero sense. Tell me your thoughts on this, because I've never been a big Willie Taggart fan. Now I am completely off the bus. I'm off. We got to get a fix in Tallahassee. You've been you've been off the bus for a while, too. But I'm going to come to his defense just real quick. So the media, we love taking things out of context. Yes. If you go back and actually, so he defended himself. He's like, I don't know how this blew out or blew up to be so big. So he went. It was on his like weekly radio show. I think it was Monday night. A caller yeah. called in. You know what needs to be done this week, and he said. And these are all. This is all straight from the interview. He got the recording. <laughs> he said, "We need to be better hydrated. It's something that we need to work on going forward. Our guys can't start on Friday or Saturday. They need to start hydrating Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday." So, if you go back and read exactly what he said in the interview, and and, and from his his voice, this is a recording that was done on his weekly radio show. It, nothing he said was bad. What? I think it got yes. Go read it. Go look at the article, dude. Are you sticking up for Willie Taggart right now? I'm not. Listen, I, I, I what he said and what the articles came out are two different things. Okay. I, so it did. Get, saying. You're saying it got blown out of context. It got blown way out of context. That's that's my only issue. Is it, it? He was saying one thing and did have to do with being dehydrated. Yes, but he was more saying going forward. We need to start hydrating Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to make sure our guys are ready to go so there are no issues on the game. He didn't go out there and say, we lost this game because our guys didn't <laughs> hydrate properly. I know, but they're playing at home. I mean, the game was supposed to be in Jacksonville. I get that. Got switched yes. to Tallahassee. You've, been, you've had fall Someone camp there the up. whole time. I, I'm more issue, I have a bigger issue with the player who came out and said, we weren't in good enough condition to go out there and compete for four quarters. Like, are you, like what were you doing? all summer long and all spring long that you weren't in shape to go out there and play a football game. So I'm more upset, not at Willie Tiger, but whoever the strength and conditioning coaches that did not have his guys ready to go. I don't remember a time ever. And we had some, some unique coaches that trained us in the off season. Yes. That's strength coaches. That's a a great way to put it. Very, very unique guys. But at the end of the day, they had us ready to go uh, physically and and conditional condition wise, we were ready to go out there and, and play a full four quarters. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah. So the fact that the players are questioning their own conditioning level, that to me is more concerning. Not with like I said, not with Taggart, but with who's running the strength program. This is a trickle down failure. It starts with Willie Taggart, I think. Even from a communication standpoint, this is awful. I could understand, Aaron. You did the game Missouri against Wyoming last week. That's at seventy three hundred elevation. That is up there. Right, Missouri could have easily come out and said, we were not ready for that. We prepared as much as we could, but the body needed to get acclimated, and we were not. Again, Florida State was at home. It's like if Wisconsin played a snow game in Madison, and then afterwards Paul Chris said, you know what, we need to do better Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to prepare for a cold-weather snow game when you live in Wisconsin. Just doesn't make any sense to me, and uh, we— I can't stand Willie Taggart. I'm on the bus. I, I am. I am on the bus of not liking Willie Taggart. I think I'm no driving what the bus. he does, what I'm he does, the you're going to hate him. So, yeah, so yes. hopefully they can write the ship because Florida State deserves to at least have some decent football. Speaking of writing the ship, though, and, and we touched on this big time on Sunday's episode of Punt and Pass, Monday's episode that is. What's going on at Tennessee? Look, they've got BYU coming to Neyland Stadium. They have 
to win this game or it's going to be a pure revolt on Rocky Top. And somebody told me this yesterday, and you know who you are, the person that told me this. Everybody likes to say Tennessee will get it right because of Philip Fulmer. Philip Fulmer's the AD. He handpicked Jeremy Pruitt. Look, these guys will fix it. Pruitt's from the Saban line. Fulmer won a national championship. He bleeds Tennessee orange. He will fix this. Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Fulmer are like your two friends in college who you know are not good for each other yet they start dating and then you're at the bars and when you're at the bars they're making out and you're like what is going on that's pretty weird and they're acting like everything is okay in public but as soon as they go home from the bars you know they're fighting about crazy stuff they hate each other they can't stand life i feel like that this could be the situation with fulmer and Pruitt now not making out at college bars, but nope. putting on a front in the public like, hey, we're going to get this fixed. Everything is all right. I would have to think that Philip Fulmer was extremely upset last weekend after Jeremy Pruitt did not have his team prepared. His team was outperformed. His team was out executed. It was a terrible look for Tennessee. With all that being said, I think Tennessee wins this weekend at home against BYU. But tell me what you think about that, Aaron. Do you think that Pruitt and Fulmer really are in unison with one another, or is there a rift behind closed doors that none of us are seeing? It, it, it's two strong personalities, and, and I said it last summer. I said that Pruitt is determined to run a program the way he wants to run it, and, and yes. it's just hard for me to feel like he is uh, – he has the ability just to communicate and, and respect someone else. And the fact that he will listen to a guy that's won a ton of football games, the head coach at that university, he said in his ways, this is how my program's going to run. Yeah. And I agree. And in the public eye, maybe they're saying one thing and they want to be cordial and hunky dory, but behind scenes, I could see those two just butting heads, plain and simple. It's it's, it goes back to what we saw at, at university of Georgia with Pruitt, yes. where maybe in front of the media, and game sometimes, you know, he, he's out there trying to put on the I'm a good guy, I'm a good coach kind of cap. And then behind scenes in meetings, he's flipping desks. He's co- cussing Coach Rick out in front of players at practice. So we don't know, and I don't want to speculate what's going on behind closed doors there at Tennessee. Obviously, it's enough that they're not winning games they should win. And it's enough that they have guys transferring after one football game. You know, there, there's yes. a lot of issues going on at Tennessee and it, it kind of makes me nervous to the fact that I think this is a good BYU team, uh, a BYU BYU team that lost to Utah last week, but was in the game in the first quarter in the first half, had some turnovers in the, in the third quarter that really cost them some silly stuff from their quarterback who doesn't commit turnovers. So I just look at this game and one, I, I don't think the fans have bought in. I think the fans, it's going to be 70 to 80% filled for a really? home game. Night yeah, I game? don't, I, I don't care. They didn't show up for week one. I mean, yeah. what fan base, I don't care who you're playing, what fan base isn't excited that football's back and doesn't show up and fill a stadium up? So that doesn't give me any encouraging that. I don't even care if it's a night game. I don't know if that stadium's going to be filled. And I tell you what, if they play bad in that first quarter, the oh, Blue Birds will be, be out and full. And then you got players questioning what's going on. Coach is not happy. And it just it's a downward spiral at that point. So they better win. And not only better they better win, I think Tennessee has to come out with a fire under their ass, and they got to play hard from the yes. very first snap. They got to score points. Garantano has to protect care of the football. 
I'm serious. The Boo Birds will be out in full force if it's a slow start for Tennessee, which it could be. Do you think Garantano's kind of skating away? Because a lot of blame's going towards Pruitt. But look at last week. I mean, dude, you were a quarterback. You played against some of those Patsy teams. And when stuff's not going right in the first half, you got to rally the troops. And I haven't heard enough blame being placed on Jared Garantano's shoulders. I I would say Cheney, too. I think Garantano watching the football game. Garantano was late, you know, watching his footwork, watching his reads and, and where the ball was thrown and when it was thrown, you could tell that he just was not completely comfortable in this offense. So you would think playing a game, a game like Georgia state, where you don't have to open up the pole playbook, you would kind of dumb it down a little bit, keep it nice and simple. Let it, let their guys gain some confidence, go out there and execute at a, at a fast pace. But he looked slow with his reads. He, he didn't do a great job. The offensive line missed a ton of easy protections. I mean, they had a corner cap blitz at one point. The Mike declaration was to the will, so the line should have been sliding out to the corner. Garantano admitted that he missed it, but I still believe that that, that is the offensive line's responsibility. If you say, hey, Mike is left, then it's a three-man slide from center guard tackle. You take the next three guys over. And the tackle did not slide. He came down with the end, so it was two guys blocking the defensive end. Corner comes scot free and sacks Garantano. It's it, it's stuff like that that yeah. you wouldn't expect them making those kind of mistakes, and and they still are. So they they got a lot of work to continue to to kind of build this program to what Pruitt wants. It's just going to be interesting to see what the fans' reaction is going to be this weekend. Yeah, you better hope that those players respond. And, and you mentioned it. There's something going wrong. But when you look at that staff, it's a great staff. There is a lot of talent on that coaching staff. Maybe it starts at the top of Pruitt. Maybe it starts all the way at the top with Fulmer. But this weekend is an important game in the history of Tennessee football. Tennessee's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, which is kind of surprising, but I think that they'll cover that. All right, let's look towards Week 2. Week 1 gave us plenty of storylines, and there's no doubt that Week 2 will live up to the billing. Before we get into breaking down these games, Aaron, and talking about our picks, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that I am 10-1 and against the spread through week zero and week one and you my friend are eight and three against the spread and you're one and oh on your lock of the week which i think was, i'm two and oh i think i'm two and oh what was your two and oh the first one was the hawaii game the hawaii game i Aaron said murray you is better bet over yes on the hawaii lock yes. of the century lock of the century murray is two and oh on his lock of the century so that is 100 percent payout I'm just right. trying to make us. I'm trying yeah. to make the people some money, Drew. Hey, you know? you're trying to make the people some money, and a new way I'm to do that. Trying to make the people some money is with Prize Picks. When you go to myprizepicks.com and enter the promo code PNP, that's the letters P, the letter N, the letter P. You can pick your over/under prediction on fantasy player props, and just looking at the board tonight is NFL football. Aaron, the Packers are playing the Bears tonight. Aaron Rodgers projected to have 21. Point five fantasy points. Mitchell Trubisky, 19.8 fantasy points. Roquan Smith, 9.5 points. And Eddie Pinheiro, the Bears kicker. My God, is he going to feel some pressure tonight? Projected at 8.5 points. What do you think? I mean, do you think Rodgers is going to come out with that new offense and get over 21.5 fantasy points? I think so, just for the fact that I think we could see a game like last season when these two played where he's going to have to make some magic happen in yeah. football game. So it's going to be... A lot of throws, a lot of yards, maybe even some garbage yards at the end of the game, and I can see sure. a late touchdown. So I think he's going to get it. It may not look great the first half, uh, but I think third and fourth quarter, we're going to see some Rodgers magic. I'm not saying they're going to win the football game. I like the Bears, but I think you, you, we talk about you know garbage yardage and garbage touchdowns. 
you may see one of those late to get him those points. No question. And I'm going to go under at a Pinheiro, 8.5 points at the kicker position. I would not be shocked whatsoever if his first kick tonight is a 43-yarder from the right hash, which is what uh, – left hash, excuse me, which is what Cody Parkey double dwank last year in the wildcard game. I mean, Soldier Field will burn to the ground if this kid hits an upright tonight. And I would just tell you right now, I'd go to Vegas and bet that he will hit an upright at some point tonight. So go on to my prize picks myprizepicks.com, enter the promo code PNP. You get a free two-pick entry to win 25 bucks. Aaron and I just gave you a winner. Over Aaron Rodgers, 21.5 points. Under Eddie Pinheiro, 8.5 points. That's promo code PNP. All right, let's look at week two, the games. Huge games. Great games. I love it. I am fired up for Saturday. Let's start with the best game of the weekend. That, of course, is number 12, Texas A&M. Heading to number one, Clemson. This game's in Death Valley. At 3.30 p.m., all right, I know a lot of our listeners are in the southeast. It has been oppressively hot. This game is going to be unbearable in the heat. Clemson is an 18-point favorite. The total is set at 64.5 points, Aaron. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's a simple question. What has to happen for Texas A&M to get the upset this weekend? I think Kellen Mond, first off, has to have a tremendous game, and I think he can. You look at last week. The throws he was making, he looks like a guy who's ready to take that next step into being an elite quarterback. So I like him. I like the offense. We know Clemson, they're going to rebound on defense. But honestly, they still lost a lot of guys. So can they come out week two and be a dominant defense like we saw last year? I think they can. But I still think with Kellen Mond as your quarterback, with Jimbo Fisher as your quarter, as your your head coach, yeah. you're, they're going to put points. And you look at last year, A&M, and I know it was at home, AM was the closest team to beating Clemson last season. Oh, yeah. They lost 28, by like 26. Points. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, football is so much about confidence. You know, if you can walk into a stadium and you feel confident that you have a chance to win the football game, especially against a team like Clemson, you're going to play 10 times better. I, I don't think AM's scared. I don't think AM's nervous. I think they have that cocky confidence that comes from their head coach, that comes from Kellen Mond, that they can, they believe, they honestly do believe they can win this football game. So, I think for them, Kellen Mond has to play a great game. And I think you have to, two things defensively, stop Etienne. You, you got to yeah. make this game. You can't allow Clemson to start running the football because if the running game's going for Clemson, the passing game is going to be tremendous as well. So stop the run. And, and you got to force maybe one or two turnovers, plain and simple. We, we saw Trevor Lawrence last week throw two picks for Georgia Tech. I don't think we're, we may not see that the entire season. I think he's too good of a quarterback to once again do that. But if you can force them into maybe one pick, maybe a fumble, whether it's special teams or knocking the ball out of ETN's hand, one of the others, you, you win turnovers and you, you force Clemson to be a one-dimensional team offensively, and Kellen Mond has a great game, I think you're going to be right in in the fourth quarter. So I think AM's good enough on both sides of the football to put some points on the board, to, to get a couple three and outs or get some good field position. I, I like Clemson to win it. I think they're just too deep. Sounds like I'm taking the points though. I do. I think, I think this is a, at worst, a 10 point game. I think this is a four quarter football game though. I really do. I don't see, I, I, like I said, I think A&M's just too confident and too prideful and too good to let Clemson just blow them out, even though it's in death Valley. 
I would have to say that the biggest question mark heading into this game is Clemson's defense. They lost a ton off that defense last year, notably on the defensive line. I think the whole defensive line was drafted into the NFL. You know what they were able to do last year against an elite Alabama offense in the national championship game. Texas A&M's offense is not even nearly as potent, but we don't know what Clemson's made of on that defensive side of the ball. Forget the Georgia Tech game. I mean, that's absolutely no way to measure what they have in 2019. I just think that Vegas is not missing this game. They've been dialed into this game for so long. And yes, that number is huge. Clemson minus 18. They are giving 18 points. And you know what? I'm laying them. I'm taking Clemson here. I really am. I think Trevor Lawrence is good enough to not have that sophomore slump like you had, like you said, Aaron. And I don't think A&M can win this game without a defensive or a special teams touchdown. I don't see them getting that. Clemson is very conservative when it comes to special teams play, the way they punt the ball. They got a good kicker. I don't think they're going to give up any dumb penalties. Early in the season, games are lost, not won. I think A&M might falter here. I don't expect Helen Munn to kind of summon that Johnny Manziel magic, and I think Clemson gets away in the fourth quarter. I think it's a three-quarter game, not a four-quarter game. I see Clemson covering, so we're on a different side there in, I think, in, in what I think is going to be the best game of the weekend. I really do. So, I do, too. Yeah. I, I, I We'll talk about the next game, but I, I believe this game, because I do believe it is an opportunity to be a four-quarter football game, um, is the best game, but we'll, we'll get into the other one too, and I'll let you know why I think that the A&M Clemson is just a little bit better. Awesome. Can't wait to hear about it. So just for a little refresher, Aaron's laying the, or Aaron will take the points. He likes Texas A&M plus 18. I will lay it. I'm going Clemson, and I'll give him up. All those 18 points. All right, next best game of the weekend, I think. Number six, LSU is traveling to Austin to take on number nine, Texas. This, of course, is in Texas Memorial Stadium at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Shockingly, I think LSU is a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. The total here is set at 55-and-a-half points. And Aaron, I think in years past, if these two teams were to meet, the storyline that I would have to say is the biggest one heading into this game would not have been the case, and that is the two quarterbacks. It's Sam Ellinger versus Joe Burrow. I mean, look what Burrow did last week. Yes, it was against Georgia Southern. Set or tied an LSU record with five touchdowns, and he did that in the first half. And that Steve Ensminger new offense is rolling. That spread, no Joe Brady coming in. Yeah, Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator. I mean, these guys have it rocking and rolling. On the flip side, Texas with Sam Ellinger, look what they did last year against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. I know it's last year, but the bigger point here is Tom Herman as an underdog. He wears teams down. He's had five outright wins as a underdog at Texas, another five at Houston. It's fishy. This smells fishy to me. I have no idea which way to go. If I had to pick, I'd lean toward Texas with the points. I think Ellinger can do that Tebow 2.0 thing again, but against LSU's defense, they are good. This is going to be an awesome game. Well, I think I think they're going to f- make Sam throw the football. They're going to say, if you're going to beat us, we're not going to let you be that Tebow run for first downs kind of thing. And that's what you have to do. I, yeah. I would make him, and he has a better arm than Tim Tebow. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, but I would still I would still feel comfortable if you can keep him in the pocket. LSU strong though defensively. They're talented. They're getting one of their guys back on the defensive side. They're getting their starting left tackle back this game as well. I'm a fan of Joe Burrow, man. I, I I got my Joe Burrow jersey on. I feel good about him. I love what I saw from him. I, I like him, man. He, what he can do with the football, he looked very comfortable. You can tell if an offense is is good 
because of they're playing a, a lesser opponent. Or And you can also tell if a, a, an offense is good just because they're good, because they have the plays, they have the players. And, and watching LSU last week, yes, they're going against Southern, but you could just tell this offense is running very smoothly. I mean, it was effortless. His timing in the pocket was t- tremendous. The receivers' routes were crisp. The offensive line was doing a tremendous job. So I like this LSU offense under under Joe Brady, this new pass game coordinator, what he's brought to it, the RPOs, the downfield throws, the spread offense. He looks very comfortable in it. The entire offense looks comfortable in it. I like it, man. I really do. I think LSU goes out there. They're a better football team. They have a lot of confidence. They got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and that starts with their quarterback. I think Joe Burrow plays with a little bit of cockiness that just is just the right amount. It's not a Felipe Frank's cockiness. This is true. I know I'm a good quarterback kind of feel. So I like LSU. I think they can win this game by 10 plus points. I really do. I think, I think offensively they're going to get going and I think they're going to put Texas in a bind defensive or for LSU's defense to put Texas offense in a bind, rattle them up a little bit. Do you think Vegas making them a five and a half point road favorite is just the discrepancy on depth and talent on the roster? You got to think a five and a half point away favorite is most likely like a 10 point favorite. Oh yeah, no doubt. If you're at a neutral site, it's like a 10 point. If it's at, you know, home, it may be more than that. So you're, you know, based on that, that LSU is depth wise and talent wise, a better football team. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. And you just mentioned, you see Burrow having a great game. He is projected to have 23.3 fantasy points on my prize. I'm saying get more than that. Over. you, I just think they have, there's an emphasis to throw the football this year okay. for L, for or LSU. Excuse me. I think they want to. I think they're fully committed to this new style. They love what they saw from Joe Burrow last week. They love their receivers. Jefferson on the outside had a tremendous day. So I think I think they're in. I think they're all in right now, and they want to go out there on national TV and show the world what this offense can look like and kind of scare a couple teams in the SEC. Yeah, I would agree with you on there. I think. Hey. Burrow, yeah. So I was talking, um, I actually had a, before we did this, I, that call I was talking to you about, I, I got on the phone with McGarity. Oh, did you? you know, I was just talking to McGarity about, you know, ways I can get more involved with the university, but we were chatting about this weekend and he goes, if A&M wins somehow and, and LSU wins, how could you not have the top four teams in the nation be SEC teams? Because, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I just don't – I don't see it happening. I don't see I don't A&M either, beating how, Clemson, how, but yeah, then that's a great point. That's a great but, point. If A&M wins, how can they not be a top-four team? And if obviously if LSU wins, they would have had better wins than both Ohio State and Michigan at that point, and obviously Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, unfortunately, so, it just doesn't work that way because people will put stupid premonitions from last year into this year's rankings. But I 100% agree with you. So A&M, in your opinion – I'm just saying, like, if you're on the board – and this is complete not SEC bias or anything like that, would you put one through four SEC if both those teams win? <laughs> I'm not I mean, how, yeah, could, you, how yeah. could you not? No, how could I'm, you I'm, not? I'm, I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you, yes. I mean, those are gigantic wins in week one, and, or week two, excuse me, and building off of what you've seen through two weeks, yes, those are the four best teams, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, in no particular order. And then look at Auburn. They beat Oregon on an intro field. I mean, you're totally right. So it won't happen. Even if it were to shake out that way, the rankings wouldn't be that way. You bring up an awesome point, though. So it sounds like you're saying um, you're going to lay the five and a half points. LSU is going to win by 10 plus. And it sounds like, too, you might be leaning towards the over here, over 55 and a half points. 
Yeah, I'm leaning over the over. Okay. Right. Uh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Don't put, don't be putting words in my mouth now, Drew. All, right. All right, I'm just trying to read uh, the room here. I'm just trying to read the room. Gosh darn it! This over under sometimes killed me well, with some of these teams. Or are... you can stay off of it. Give me the over. I think okay. LSU scores thirty three, and oh, I think wow. Texas is like twenty three. Awesome, awesome. So just just cut. What is that? That's barely right over. Yeah, that's so, right over. Yeah. Okay, so hey, here's what I'm gonna think. I think Ellinger does it again. I think Ellinger has a great football game at home. Again, Tom Herman as an underdog. I want the points here. Give me the home dog, five and a half on Texas's side. I think they keep this game close. I wouldn't be surprised if they win. And here is my caveat in this football game, Aaron. It won't surprise you at all. It's the kickers. The kicker matchup is huge here. And LSU is a true freshman kicker, Cade York. Dicker the kicker is booting it for the Longhorns. He obviously hit that game winner against Oklahoma a year ago, so he's used to those pressure situations. If it comes down to a last-second kick or if it comes down to the kicking game, you have to lean with Texas and the experience there. So give me the five-and-a-half points. I think Dicker the kicker is going to have a great game. Push Texas over the top. LSU takes a tough loss, but I like Coach Herman in this spot. And Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, projected at 28.2 fantasy points on prize picks. I'm going to go under that, but think they still win. I think he's under 28 fantasy points, but they still win the game. I'm going to make one correction. I'm going under 55 and a half. Okay, he's I'm going, going under. under. I've been debating. I haven't heard a single word you said for the past minute. I've been going back and <laughs> forth trying to figure out, honestly, if I want to go over or under. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking under on this one. All right. So I'm on Texas. Give me the five and a half points. Aaron says he's under 55 and a half, but he likes to LSU to cover five and a half here. All right. Let's run through a couple more games this weekend. Cincinnati's going to Ohio State. This game is in Columbus at 12 p.m. on ABC. The big storyline here is Luke Fickle, Cincinnati's head coach, former interim head coach at Ohio State, former player at Ohio State. Cincinnati's defensive coordinator was an Ohio State player as well. Look, Cincinnati was a good team last year. They won 11 games. They just beat UCLA last week. Ohio State absolutely shot out of a cannon in that first quarter. They're a 16.5-point favorite. The over-under is 56. I think Ohio State keeps the foot on the gas pedal for all 60 minutes. They can do one of two things here. They can outpace Cincinnati and put tons of points on the board, or they can slow this game down and just wear them down over 60 minutes. I like Ohio State in a big way here. I think Fields does an extremely good job coming out of halftime and manning this team to a commanding victory over Cincinnati. One last thing before I throw it to you. A lot of people are high on Cincinnati, seeing if they can stop Justin Fields. No, they can't. They absolutely cannot stop Justin Fields. Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA last week, one of those mobile quarterbacks, had four turnovers, and they only won by 10 points. This is as Ohio State big written all over it. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I love Cincinnati. I'm a big fan of them. But you're going to Ohio State. You're going to Columbus. It's going to be rowdy. I think the team has some confidence seeing what Justin Fields is capable of doing. I think he... Also, it has some more confidence after what he did last week. I just like what I saw from him. His ability to sit in the pocket, throw the football. He looked accurate. He looked comfortable. He's throwing with touch, something that we're not used to seeing from him. I was so used to seeing just Justin Fields trying to rocket everything he threw to all of his receivers. He, he has better anticipation and only seeing that game better and better. But I, it's hard for me. 16 and a half points is a lot. I think the Cincinnati team does play great defense. I like Ritter at quarterback. He can run the football, but I think your last point you made is, is tremendous. The fact that they only beat uh, UCLA, but what they did beat him by, and they did have four turnovers. This Ohio State offense is going to be electric with between the quarterback and running back, and it's at home. It's going to be loud as heck. 
you know those fans are going to be rowdy. That Cincinnati's coming in town. So I like Ohio State. I like the points, and I like the over on this one. Yeah, I like the Definitely over. Definitely the over. This, this could be the Aaron Murray lock of the week over. I think that is a juicy over at only 56. I, I see Ohio State putting 40 on the board. No problem yeah. whatsoever. All right, uh, one more game. This used to be an awesome rivalry. It used to be so fun to watch this game the Friday after Thanksgiving. Number 25, Nebraska, is heading to Boulder to take on Colorado. Nebraska skid by South Alabama last week, and Colorado had a big win over Colorado State. This game's at 3.30 p.m. on Fox, and this is crazy to me. Colorado is a a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The total is 64 and a half points. Nebraska beat South Alabama by 14 points last week and they had three non-offensive touchdowns. Two defensive touchdowns and a punt return for a touchdown. They better have. Them and Tennessee better have and Florida State the biggest improvements from week one to week two if they want to have a successful 2019. I think Mel Tucker's got something going on here. Do not forget the cupboard was not bare at Colorado. This team won 10 games two years ago. I love Colorado getting the points here at home. Give me Colorado plus four and a half. I think they went out right. I think that's the right side though. Colorado plus four and a half. Uh, no, I, I like Nebraska. I watched that Colorado Colorado State game last week, and, and Colorado State's defense has been atrocious for for many years. So I yes. feel so bad for our boy Bobo. So you looked at that game, and Colorado State offensively was having their way early on. I think Martinez and Scott Frost they're going to kind of right the ship this week. They're going to have a go out there, have a better performance. I think it's just week one jitters. We know that team is going to be good offensively. There's no question about it. Scott Frost knows how to get an offense right. I think Andrew. Martinez goes out there in week two with a little chip on his shoulder, wanting to prove people that, hey, you know, it wasn't just a one-year thing. This isn't, you know, I, I can't handle the hype, any of that stuff. I think he goes out there determined to win this football game. Uh, and I don't think Colorado has a defense to, to stop him. I really don't. And can Nebraska stop him? I don't know either. I like I like the over on this one, too. I okay. think both defenses are eh, not great at all. Like I said, what, what Colorado State did last week to Colorado – being able to put points up on, on the football, on the on the scoreboard. We know Nebraska can score. I think Colorado can score as well, too. Um, I like their quarterback. I'm watching him last week. So give me the over on this one. But I think Nebraska squeaks this one out uh, just just because I think they're a better football team. And I like Scott Frost as a coach. So you're going to lay the four and a half and say Nebraska wins by five or more? No, I'm, I'm going to pick – I'll pick you Colorado the points. points out. Okay, yeah, I think there's a three-point game. Three-point game. All right, three-point game. So he's going to take the points at home, road dog – or home dog, excuse me. Always the way to go. Let's start putting a bow on this thing. Okay, Murray State heading to Georgia. Not much to talk about in terms of the game here. Isaiah Wilson, right tackle, hurt. Looks like he's not going to play this week. Hopefully it's minor. Hopefully they're just giving him some rest so he can make it back for that Notre Dame game in two weeks. But the big story here, and it's long overdue, is the inauguration, if you want to call it that, the dedication of the field at Sanford Stadium to Coach Vince Dooley, major shout out to Governor Brian Kemp for getting this done, doing the duty that lies nearest. This was much needed and a huge honor for the Dooley family. So I won't be there. I know my dad will be there. Should be a great Saturday, a celebratory Saturday in Athens. Vince Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium has a great ring to it, Aaron. Yeah, it's sweet, man. I'm, I'm happy for him. I got to talk with him and, and Barbara at the ESP uh, charity golf tournament we held probably about a month ago, maybe a little bit less. And they're just ecstatic. I mean, yeah. if there's anyone more deserving of it, I mean, he's, he is the man. He won a national championship. He is Mr. Athens. I yeah. mean, he's everything. And, and 
And Barbara's Mrs. Athens. She is an absolute trip. I can't wait to see. Sure, there'll be great video out there, just like yourself. I will be gone. I'm heading to Fresno here in a couple hours to have the right. cover the Minnesota Fresno State game. But uh, it, it is a huge honor, and, and he is definitely deserving of it. No question. Shout out to the Dooley family. Dog Nation loves you and supports you forever. Last one, quick one. Aaron, New Mexico State, Alabama. Bama is a 55 55- point favorite the over under is 64 and a half points i saw this statistic i'm just going to tell this to our listeners alabama has not covered a first half spread in forever and when i say that i mean like the gigantic spreads last week they didn't cover against duke in the first half i think the spread is going to be around 33 points in the first half on saturday i don't think based on history alabama will cover that and the total points for new mexico state in the first half aaron one Vegas doesn't even know if they're going to score in the I'm first them, half. Man. So I don't know. I would, I would say take New Mexico State in the first half, and this might just be fun to sprinkle something on. I mean, rooting to cover a 55-point spread is pretty outrageous. Oh, yeah, but you just think about that. I mean, just athlete. Points. I just think Tua can throw a, a, a receiver screen out there because they're going to be yeah. playing about 12 yards off. And those dudes, that, I don't care what receiver you throw it to, they're going to make a DB miss, and they're so fast and athletic, they could score a 70-yard touchdown every other play. So I, I think they cover. Give me, I know they haven't covered in the first half, but you can't – You, what Alabama did last week defensively I thought was impressive. I don't think Duke is elite. I don't think, obviously, New Mexico State's elite at all offensively. So I just see three and out, three and out, three and out. Alabama gets the ball to the 50-yard line. Yeah. Three plays later, Alabama scores. I mean, it's just going to be boom, boom, boom. I mean, you may look up – with six minutes ago in the first quarter, and it's twenty-eight nothing. Yep. I yep. mean, it, it can literally, it can happen that fast. So, uh, and all their players, I don't think there's any suspensions this week. So nope. at least there's no distractions for the football team in Alabama. Give me, uh, give me the over, just because two. Okay. Yeah, I, I think like the over two. I like Alabama's backup quarterback. What's his name? They they've been high on him this entire offseason. Well, it's the uh, younger Tagovailoa, but I don't no, think that's oh, him. No, it's not the higher t- younger Tagovailoa. Oh, is it, it Mac? Um, it's not Mac. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah, that's who they it love him. They had such high praises from him coming out of camp. So, you know, at least you know when you're putting in a backup, it's a guy that's actually decent and could can run an offense. So that gives me encouragement too, because even their backups are better than New Mexico State's starters. So you have a quarterback that can run the offense versus still a weaker opponent, your offense should be able to score some points in the third, fourth quarter when your starters are out. All right, what is your lock of the week? What is your stone-cold lock of the century? Oh, I'm going lock of the week, Texas covers. Texas, or no, no oh, I mean, not LSU covers. LSU, me, LSU wow. Covers. All right, LSU I, minus five and a half, lock of the I, week. High, high, very high on LSU. All right, right. all right. It's my, it's my team in the SEC, obviously, after Georgia at the moment. Right. Like, I think that team is awesome. They are fun to watch. They keep doing this thing. I'm going to be feeling that game versus Alabama is going to be really interesting if they keep playing like this. No question. Well, hey, man, have a safe trip out west this weekend. Minnesota at Fresno State. Murray will be on the call. We will definitely tune in to you on Saturday. And one more time, we appreciate Prize Picks for presenting this episode of Punt and Pass to you. Go to myprizepicks.com, enter the promo code P. 
N-P. That's the letter P, the letter N, the letter P that will get you a free two-pick entry to win $25. And then 25% of that first deposit is instantly matched. So if you deposit $1,000, you get $250 in promo money with the code PNP. Prize picks really is daily fantasy simplified, and we just gave you some winners. I mean, look, Jake Fromm projected 23.3 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift, 22.7 fantasy points over. Jacob Eason, 24.2 fantasy points uh, over. This is fun, and you can do cross-sport. You can do NFL. You can do college football, major league. Shout out prize picks, myprizepicks.com. Download the app, promo code. P&P. We will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you.